0: Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu, so glad to have you. We are headed into our first home game of the 2020 season. There won't be fans, but it's a big opponent. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, everyone's been talking about how good this team looked last year with MVP Lamar Jackson and what could they possibly do in 2020? The Texans have a tall task ahead of them coming off this loss against Kansas City. So back-to-back weeks to start the 2020 season. Not super easy for the Houston Texans, but they're going to try to get things back on track this week as they head into a normal week with a few extra days of rest, which they had thanks to playing Thursday night in week one. So this week's podcast, I have Jordan Aikens, third-year tight end. You saw him against Kansas City. Uh, Had that touchdown catch. He hopes to really build on that heading into week two and beyond. We'll talk about the tight end group. We'll talk about what it's been like for him from year one to now because he's really made a lot of progress, and he's one of those guys that Bill O'Brien says needs to be on the field at all times. Also, we take a look at the Baltimore Ravens. They've made some changes this offseason, but a lot of their core group of guys is still the same, namely that quarterback, namely uh, that tight end, Mark Andrews, namely Hollywood Brown, he's heading into year two. He looks very, very different from year one. We'll get into all that with Jeff Zreback. He writes for The Athletic up in Baltimore, covers the Ravens regularly. So we're going to get into all that in today's podcast. But first, experience reliably fast Wi-Fi speeds and more in a snap. With Xfinity x you get the speed, coverage, control, and security you need for the ultimate in-home Wi-Fi experience. This internet is more than just fast. Xfinity. Proud partner of the Houston Texans. Proud partner of the Deep Slant Podcast. So let's get right into it. Let's chat with Jordan Aikens. Um, I've talked to him pretty much every year since he's been a rookie and this year felt a little different. It feels different talking to Jordan Akins because he just looks so comfortable. It looks so effortless out on the field. He's done a lot to get to this point in his NFL career. So we get right into it. Here he is, Jordan Akins on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Week one, obviously not the win that the Texans wanted, but you got your first touchdown, so um, you're on your way this year. Can you tell me what it was like uh, just getting that first game under your belt? It was such a crazy and unusual off season, but to actually get back on the field with your teammates and play real football, how did that feel for you?
1: Uh, it felt good, you know, to just release it and you know get out there and play with my teammates, and it just gives us opportunity to see who can do what, you know, in clutch situations and the time of need. So. You know, we have some things we need to work on. And, you know, um, with the first touchdown, it's not the way I wanted it to be. But, you know, I take it as they come.
0: Well, Bill O'Brien was asked about you, and and he said that you're always going to be in the lineup as long as you're healthy, uh, that you've gotten better in all areas, special teams, on offense, on your route running. You're a really strong runner with the ball in your hands. You've come such a long way from your rookie season. When do you feel like everything really just started to click for you?
1: I would say last year. Um, Last year, you know, the game slowed up a lot for me. Uh, This year, it slowed up even more. Uh, You know, I was being more of a student to the game, mentally preparing. You know, I was really wearing my body down the previous years, just trying to, you know, do what I can to be on the field. But this year, I just, you know, got my mental ready and worked on my body, had a little extra time due to COVID, and, you know, came in feeling good and playing good.
0: Yeah, you look good. Last year, you missed the two postseason contests uh, with injury. So let's start there. How – how was your off-season and just getting back to health again? What did you have to do to get yourself feeling 100% for 2020? Um,
1: just eating better, you know, um, watching what I do, especially like in the weight room. Uh, I did a lot of running in previous years, you know. I would run a lot and do a lot of lower body lifts, heavy. And, you know, uh, I, I don't think I matched it up well with uh, the treatment, I would say. Um, you know, taking care of the body, you know, getting the massages that I needed and, you know, getting off my feet at times. You know, my father, so you know, I do a lot of ripping and running. So this year I just took a lot of consideration and you know, thanks to COVID, you know, I don't wish COVID on anyone. But um, you know, it gave me a lot of time to just think and mentally prepare for the game as well as take care of my body.
0: Yeah, I remember in the off season you said that you really wanted to reach out to veterans and get a better understanding of the game. Who did you talk to? What are some of the questions that entering into year three that that you really wanted to get answered or you know, where was it that you really wanted to pick the brains the most of these veterans that you
2: talked to?
1: Just how they think, um, you know, as far as on the field and um, how do they prepare, what do you do to your body, you know, how do you last a full season and, you know, just really pick their brains of, like, football-related questions. I can't really go into detail, but um, it just taught me – they taught me a lot, you know, and I always play, like, on the edge previous years. I, w- I was overthinking. I was trying to do too much. Um, you know, instead of just letting the game come to me. So this year, you know, they taught me a lot. So I matured mentally on the field. And, you know, my, um, like I said, my talent speak for itself. And now two and two is coming together and it's starting to show.
0: It seems like you've come a long way with it. I mean, it was just a few years ago that you made your NFL debut. It was week one at Gillette Stadium against the Patriots. When you look back at your rookie self, I mean, what do you remember about going through that first NFL experience? And what was going through your brain at that time?
1: Just how fast the game, the game is in the NFL, you know, and um, in college is is different. Everyone's fast in the NFL. Everyone's smart. Um, so you know, in college you can either you can be fast or you can be smart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, some talent is going to show out, show up on the field. You kind of have an advantage on the um, in college. In the NFL, you have to be on your game. You know, have to know certain rules. When you're hot, when you're not, you know, and just the competition overall. I love competing and when everyone's on the same accord and when the offense rolling it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. You line up all over the field was, do you think that was the hardest part about adjusting to this offense? Um, just getting to know your position and everything that's required of it.
1: Uh, definitely. Um, as a rookie, when I came in, it was kind of like just thrown into the hot fire and, um, you know, seeing what you can do, which I did make some mistakes, but you know, um, I did, I did a decent job for a rookie coming in and, you know, over the years, uh, Just moving me more, uh, you know, learning more positions and just being able to be used as a weapon in um, many ways is um, a big blessing and opportunity.
0: All right. You said you're a father now. So I assume that you had a you recently had a baby or. Oh No,
1: no. You're about uh, to have another one, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. My my first daughter, she's three, about to be four and newborn to be born next month.
0: Oh, so you're about to be the father of two. It's about to it's about to double up in the Aikens household. huh?
1: Definitely. (laughs) <laughs>
0: how how is how is parenthood when you're playing in the NFL? I mean, obviously you played baseball a while back. I don't think that you would have had kids when you were playing baseball, but balancing kids and the NFL, I mean, what what is that like for you?
1: It, it's different. It's a lot of sacrifices. You know, you don't get to spend as much time as you would like to and you know some of the things they want to do you can't really do because you have to be up early. Uh, you know, it just it just balance but it, in the end it balances itself out. You know, off season you spend a lot of time with it, and um you know just try to do I just try to be the best father I can be but I know for right now while she's young it's best to you know make those sacrifices then you know when she's older and she really realized what's going on.
0: So does your three-year-old know that dad is a tight end for the Texans? Does she see you on the on the TV and, and recognize you? Does she understand <laughs> yeah, that she does. yet? Yeah, she
1: does she get frustrated when I don't take my helmet off on the field. She wants me to oh. take my helmet off so she can really know, notice me but as far as like playing for the Texans and all that. She, she doesn't really know all that, I would say. I, she really just focuses on football. She she knows that Father's a football player.
0: I saw recently on your Instagram, you, you posted something and, and the caption said, "highly slept on, and I thought that was really interesting. Did, did you feel like people were sleeping on you a little bit?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did. It's a lot of, you know, I mean, as far as that go, like I know my talent, I know my goals, where I want to go and doing this game. And um, I just think I just well, I thought, you know, I was kind of underappreciated and, you know, in certain categories. But, you know, I just let my talent speak for itself. I'm not a big talker. And, you know, I'm just here to play ball and win games.
0: Your chemistry with Deshaun Watson seems to come a long way too, just in the, the few years that you guys have been together. You worked a little bit on that in this offseason, too, didn't you? You and Deshaun uh, worked out a little bit. You know, what did, what has gone into really developing that chemistry with Deshaun?
1: Just getting some routes and throws off the field and, um, you know, just really, uh, you know, just getting that chemistry. Um, it's, it's just not about throwing. It's about, you know, having a connection with the guys well, you know, and um, just being on the same page. when Knowing what he wants and how, you want, um, how he wants you to run the route is very important. So when the game comes, it's just like, you know, just like practice.
0: So how do you feel about the 2020 tight end group? It's changed a little bit since you first got here. Um, some some guys have come, some have gone, but now this core group that you have with Fells and you know the, the rest of the crew. How do you feel about the tight end group? And, and what about for yourself personally? What sort of goals can you share with us that you have for yourself for 2020?
1: Uh, the tight ends are very talented. You know, whether uh, you know whoever they bring in, they always they always they always bring talent in. So we, I don't really compare myself to them. I just try to help them come along. You know. Get them caught up with the playbook, kind of like you know how how kind of mentored me. I just try to you know do that, and you know for the for the older guy, I think Pharaoh.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: he uh, he he's pretty. He's a he's a good vet. You know he's a good ball player, and even Troy coming from Denver, he he's a good guy. And everyone everyone knows what they're doing. They just you know they have to get more in the playbook, and they they have experience basically. So like I say, we we compete, we make each other better, and we all going for one goal.
0: And what about for yourself? Is there anything you can share that you want to get better at in your three? Um,
1: I would say my overall everything. Um, I want to improve on everything. Uh, blocking, catching, um, yak yards, uh, special teams. I just want to never come off the field.
0: Good stuff. We never sleep on you, Jordan Akins. Cannot wait to see what the rest of 2020 brings for you. Jordan Akins on the Deep Slant One, presented by Spindy. Jordan, such a pleasure talking to you.
1: Likewise. Thank you for having me.
0: Jordan Aikens a part of a very talented tight end group. One of the groups this offseason that everyone thought was was pretty solid and would not change much. It's already changed so much. There's no more Jordan Thomas. Kyle, Kahali Waring uh, went on IR this week, but he could be back in about three weeks due to the new IR rules that are in place. So we'll see what happens. But Jordan Aikens, Darren Fells, those two guys are your core tight end guys right now. And let's see what happens as the Texans head into week two. Speaking of week two, it's the Baltimore Ravens. No, no small tasks to undertake for their first home game. No fans, which uh, may change heading into week four. We'll get into that a little bit later. But first, uh, let's bring you Jeff Zriebe back straight from Baltimore covering the Ravens for the Athletic. Jeff, this is the first time I'm actually seeing you face to face. <laughs> we usually chat via radio. How's it going today? Obviously, the Ravens are an exciting team to cover, but how's everything going for you so far?
2: It's good. It's good. I mean, this is different. you know it's it's everything uh, everything about it is different. you know, how you have to cover the team, how you have to approach writing stories. Um, but you know, just speaking for myself, just to be able to watch an actual football game and and be in the stadium this past Sunday. Uh, it brings back the norm a little bit. I know we're far from the norm uh, quite yet, but it was nice to be able to watch a football game and, and uh, just to be able to do your job like you want to do it.
0: Well, obviously, I was at home because the Texans played <laughs> Thursday night. I got to see yeah. a little bit of that Ravens win 38-6 over the Cleveland Browns. I'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's let let's talk about this offseason because we saw what the Ravens were capable of last year. There were a lot of high expectations for them Heading into the playoffs, they get the first run by, then obviously they lose to the Titans. What was the offseason like for Lamar Jackson, for this Ravens team? What was sort of the attitude surrounding the team heading into 2020?
2: Yeah, that one took a little while for them to get over. I, I mean, they had passed every test during the regular season, won the, uh, you know, they were 2-2 two and two at one point. So they won 14 straight games to close the regular season, set all sorts of team and league records in the process had waited a long time to, to win that, that AFC North and, and get the, the bye and and the home field playoff game. And they just didn't show up. I mean, they were beaten by a, a a Titans team that was uh, much better that day, you know, outplayed, out coached out physical, out pretty much everything. And, and, you know there 's not a lot to do you can do uh, to make excuses. They just got to taken to them and they got beat on their home field and and it was a bitter pill to swallow, especially since they patterned themselves you know they patterned themselves as a real physical you know set the tone team and the fact is the Titans came in and did that to them on their home field so it was a long uh, couple months and and then obviously we had the the quarantine and all that Lamar Jackson was in Florida, didn't get the throw to his receivers as much as he would have liked. And uh, But, you know, they, they came back Sunday and they looked like they were prepared. You know, it looked like a pretty prepared uh, team that uh, did what they were supposed to do in the limited time. And, you know, that's the thing. Um, you know, Texans were talking about that for a while with Deshaun Watson. You know, how long is the window open when you have a quarterback on his rookie deal? And, um, Lamar Jackson's on his rookie deal now, uh, which allows them to keep a pretty deep roster. Um, so I think there's definitely a sense of urgency heading into this year, especially after losing two straight playoff games in their home field in back-to-back years.
0: Well, I remember the MVP chance last year when the Texans were up at MNT Stadium, and this year, Lamar Jackson looks... Just as good as as advertised, if not better, heading into year three. Let's get into this week's Next Gen Stat presented by AWS. Lamar Jackson had the best passer rating of all QBs that played in week one, 152.1. That's almost a perfect passer rating. He was ahead of Russell Wilson and Gardner Minshew. Both of those quarterbacks also put up big, big numbers. So let's talk about Lamar Jackson now heading into year three. After seeing that week one performance, I know it's early, but is he better than he was even last year? Are we going to see even more passing from Lamar Jackson than than running?
2: Yeah, well, I think two things. One, he called this mostly a mental offseason for himself. Um, he wanted to learn the nuances of the quarterback, quarterback position better. He wanted to study the Ravens' offense, study what defenses were doing to him. He said he watched a ton of film this offseason. You know, he was inside for most of it and and really tried to use the time to – to study his own game and get better at the quarterback position, um, you know the athletic tools are going to be there, um, and I think we saw that uh, Sunday. He just he just looked very he just looked very comfortable and confident in everything he you know he did. And now you know he was only the second unanimous MVP in league history last year, so it's going to be tough to go up in terms of performance. But if you just look at just how he conducted himself, how he ran the game, um, you know he's at his best when he's doing some improvising and running around a little bit but he was just so in control of everything and I think that was the biggest takeaway uh, just the command he had of the offense and everything he's doing but in your other part of your question is very true you know the the question still exists with the Ravens if you stop the running game or if you get an early lead on him uh, can they beat you? You know, can they come back? Are they prolific enough in the passing game to come back uh, and, and win, especially in a big game? And, and the Titans lost further, you know, uh, you know it, it made the skeptics even more confident that they can't. Um, but the Ravens have tried to evolve a little offensively. Uh, they want to, you know, throw the ball a little more, challenge teams more downfield. Uh, and uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, so far so good. It, they, they threw a ton downfield against the Browns. And part of that was because the Browns' secondary was kind of depleted. But um, I think you will see them try to establish the pass more and take more big shots down the field. And that's definitely something they've spent a lot of time in the summer when they got together working on it.
0: Well, a lot of those downfield shots were very, uh, very much due to the fact that Hollywood Brown was out there on the field. What's the buzz been surrounding him this offseason? I feel like even I heard down here in Houston <laughs> about his offseason and all the workouts that he did and how he's healthy again. How does that change what he's able to do this year, what he was able to do in the offseason?
2: The, yeah, the, the, in Baltimore, the quest to have like a young – uh, number one type receiver in his prime. It, it's gone on forever. I mean, they've never really had that guy. You know, Torrey Smith had a good run, um, but all their receivers have mostly been veteran guys that they've picked up later in their careers the Steve Smiths and the Anquan Boldens and the Derek Masons. Um, this is a homegrown guy that they really believe in. And I think the biggest key for Marquise Brown was just healthy. I mean, last year, you look at his rookie numbers, pretty good, um, you know, decent. But, he, you know, he really didn't practice much. He didn't have much of a training camp. And he had a screw in his foot. He was still getting over foot surgery. And he was probably at 50% at best. So when you, when you think of those things and then you look at his numbers, you're like, okay, you know, that, that's pretty good. But this offseason, he was healthier. I mean, there was times last year where his weight got as low as like 165 to play receiver in the NFL. So he put on more weight and more muscle, and he hasn't really lost any speed. Um, And, you know, he had over 100 yards receiving in the first half Uh, Sunday. The Ravens didn't throw the ball a ton after that. But he definitely seems like he could be emerging as the type of number one receiver uh, that they've long tried to develop.
0: Well, we obviously have seen what Mark Andrews can do. The Texans saw him up close last year. He was four for four, 75 yards, a touchdown. And he delivered in week one with two touchdowns. What makes that tight end so hard to cover for opposing defenses?
2: Just, uh, first of all, he's very good hands. I mean, it's the type of situation where Uh, Lamar Jackson never feels like he's covered even when he does have a guy around him uh, Jackson feels like his rapport with Andrews and the chemistry he has is good enough or if Jackson gets the ball in certain space it's going to be caught and and more often than not that's been the the result Um, there was a play against the Browns where there's no reason he should have thrown the ball and yet It was a big third-down conversion. They picked up 20-something yards. But the other thing is Andrew just has a really – he doesn't really wow you with his speed and his physicality or any of that. He's just one of these guys that has a really good idea on how to run routes and how to get open and where to be when the quarterback needs him. And and Lamar Jackson trusts him implicitly. Um, And, you know – Andrews is a motivated guy. He talked all offseason how he wants to kind of join that group of the Kittles and, the, you know, and, and the um, Travis Kelseys and become one of the top tight ends in the league. Um, he led them all. He led all tight ends and touchdowns last year. He already has two this year. So I think he's another ascending player uh, that you're going to see as kind of as long as he stays healthy as kind of a pro, perennial Pro Bowl player.
0: Well, the Texans are going to face Calais Campbell, a guy that they're very familiar with from his days with Jacksonville, a big move for the, the Ravens this off season to get him on their defense. How does he make an impact? How does he change things? Obviously Ravens love to blitz and they'll, they'll get yeah. to do that with Calais, but how has he fit in so far with that Ravens defense?
2: Oh, he's fitting great. You know, first of all, from a leadership standpoint, I mean, we're talking about the Walter Payton man of the year. So uh, just from a professional class standpoint, during a very difficult offseason, he was a great guy to have around. Um, you know, already become a leader in the room. From a football standpoint, you know, the Ravens' reputation has always been this up-tempo, get after the quarterback defense. But kind of the reality is like last year they blitzed more than any team in NFL history because they really couldn't generate a pass rush with the front four, you know, and they haven't had kind of that that interior pass rusher that, you know, gets in early. And I'm not talking about edge guy like a Suggs, but I'm talking about that interior guy. And And Clayus Campbell's obviously that guy. Um, so he should really upgrade, really help him with the pass rush. Got his hands on I think, three balls already in, in the week one, and one of them was intercepted. Um, you know, so he's a guy that the opposing teams have to deal with, uh, you know, and the Ravens have kind of lacked that interior pass rushing presence.
0: One thing that the Browns did not struggle with last week in their loss was running the ball. They were able to run the ball 138 yards on the ground. How much of a concern is that for this Ravens defense moving forward?
2: Yeah, well, they better figure it out because, man, was I impressed with Johnson. You know, I think uh, you have to feel good for him, too, with – all the stuff said about that deal and all that for him to come out and look like that that's that's very impressive um he looked very much like he did in you know in arizona all those years before the injuries but the the ravens have always prided themselves on stopping the run didn't do it at times last year and they sort of revamped that whole defensive front seven i mean there's four new starters in there Um, but two of the guys they're two starting inside linebackers are rookies so you know you're gonna get a learning curve there I mean those guys are are gonna give up some plays miss some assignments Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison are both talented players but I think they understand you know that they're gonna make some mistakes and they're just gonna have to play through them and we saw the we saw Harrison bust uh, assignment on on one of the I think it was a 30-yard run by Chubb you know and that, that's going to be – there's going to give up some yards, but they are pretty stout up front. Um, and, they, you know, they, the Browns also have two very good backs. So that, that there's no, no shame in giving up some yards to them, but that's something they're going to have to get solidified because when their defense was vulnerable last year it was when they were allowing teams to run on them.
0: Well, that Ravens secondary is something that they're even talking about down here in Houston already here in week two. How do you foresee them matching up? They, they forced three turnovers last week against the Browns, two in the first two possessions. But this week, they're going to go up against some speedy wideouts and Will Fuller, uh, Kenny Stills, and Brandon Cooks. What, what do you think of those matchups this week for the Ravens secondary?
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely a good matchup. And, um, you know, the Ravens, unlike other teams, it, Matthew Judon's on the franchise tag, but the Ravens have spent a lot of assets on building that secondary. Um, you know, Mar- Marcus Peters, is they traded for and then paid. Um, obviously, we all know what happened to Earl Thomas, that that kind of went belly up. They've already, the other safety they've extended. Um, you know, Marlon Humphrey's a first round pick was about to get paid. So uh, they kind of built that defense from the back to the front. Um, And they like that. They like, you know, their options in any matchup. I mean, they have four cornerbacks who they feel comfortable marking the other team's uh, top receiver. I'd throw Tavon Young, who's their slot guy, and Jimmy Smith, who's been their longtime number one corner, is now their number four. I'd throw those two in the mix, too. So, uh, you know, with the speed the Texans have – and, you know, I I I love Deshaun Watson. When he played in Baltimore last year, I hadn't seen him struggle too much like that. So I think they realize that there's no way that's going to happen another time against them. So uh, they're definitely going to have to be sharp and, and know their assignments and, 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 you know, make sure those guys don't get behind them because their safety group is pretty young and inexperienced. Browns didn't really take any shots deep, which surprised me. I don't think the Texans will make that same mistake. I think they'll try to challenge the Ravens' young safeties.
0: All right, Jeff, what storylines are you working on for the Ravens this week?
2: Well, one is, you know, it's interesting with the text, the kind of the parallels, you know, the Texans signed Deshaun Watson to a long-term deal. They signed Laramie Tunsell not too long ago to a long-term deal. They have a couple other really, you know, quality veterans that they've locked up and Ravens are sort of going to have to, uh, you know, follow suit with similar things. Obviously Lamar Jackson's going to get paid and it's going to be pretty soon. Um, you know, their, their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, is another guy who's going to, you know, may challenge Tunsils, the highest paid tackle in the league. So I was going to look a little bit at, you know, how they're going to have to follow in the Texans' footsteps a little bit and how the Texans have managed these contracts and prioritized keeping sort of got, you know, keeping some guys. And, and that's sort of interesting. And, and another thing is, you know, just given where the what the Texans, some of the Texans' strengths, obviously, you can't talk with them without J.J. Watt. Um, The Ravens struggled a little on their offensive line, and they expected that. Um, You have a a rookie starting at right guard who – play tackle in, in college and he his first game, in the NFL, he's not only starting, he's playing a different position. That's a question mark. Their center tours ACL, MCL and PCL nine and a half months ago. And yet he's starting already. So he's not back to full strength. So I think that's something I'd have to look at this week to see how they're going to deal with the Texans front and specifically Watt. Uh, judging, uh, you know, with the question marks they do have along the interior of their own offensive line.
0: Well, we're looking forward to it. The home opener for the Houston Texans 325 kickoff on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, Jeff reback always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much. And we'll talk soon.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All
0: right. Good stuff from Jeff Zriback. Always a pleasure catching up with uh, NFL reporters from around the NFL. So I'll have that for you every week on this podcast. And we actually show – A video clip of that on Texans 360, which is the show that I host on Saturday nights at 11 p.m. right after Extra Points. So be sure to catch that because we've got a great new show, as always, on Saturday nights now that we're in the regular season. And, okay, so I mentioned no fans for this home opener in week two, right, at NRG Stadium, it could change because the Texans are looking, uh, they're actually working towards having some limited fans, about 15,000 fans or so, for their week four matchup on October 4th against the Minnesota Vikings. They're still looking to get some approval from city, county officials, but they've pretty much done what they need to do to uh, adhere to the NFL, the league-wide rules for COVID-19 protocols and cleaning, cleanliness, testing, and all that. So stay tuned for more on that. But you know what? You can't be at Energy Stadium this Sunday, but you can still follow along. The next best place to enjoy the game is Game Day Central on HoustonTexans.com with tons of contests, the pregame kickoff show, which Drew and I host, Texans traditions at your fingertips, football analysis, and more. You're also going to have access to this new thing called the Arcade. It's really cool. The Arcade, presented by Reliant, has hours of fun games and chances to win exclusive Texans prizes. So, you know, you can just sit at home and win prizes. Who wouldn't want to do that? Visit HoustonTexans.com or download the official Houston Texans app to join the fun. If you already have the app, be sure you update it because the updated app will have the arcade and all these new cool features. And, you know what, turn on your notifications because we're writing stories, we're putting out highlights, we're giving you the latest from every in-game experience. It's all exclusive. It's on the Houston Texans mobile app. Be sure to check it out all right thank you so much i guess for checking out this podcast stay tuned for more great coverage as the season rolls on thank you so much as always for listening to the deep slant podcast presented by xfinity and of course go texans